Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 85. This week we are covering the DDF Irish Open on the European Tour and the 3M Open on the PGA Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and our podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good morning, chaps. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. We're approaching 5,000 members, so come along. I'm at Bamford Golf on Twitter. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Already recorded 3M show and actually just finished the Irish Open show, so that's going to be out later this morning. This is Tuesday morning over here in the UK. Podcast is available, as you would expect, on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio, Boom, and myriad of different pod channels. Now, every week I ask for you to uh, subscribe and follow the podcast and rate and review us. And I've got a couple of decent reviews here just to read out quickly before we start the show proper. If you do, um, if you do rate and review us, I always read them out on next week's show. Leave your name in the review so we can read it out on the podcast. Okay. This one highlight of the week: five stars. That's not a bad start, guys, is it? So knowledgeable and informative. If you follow their tips or not, you will learn. Find yourself thinking in a different way and making wiser moves. A must listen. That is from Luca127 via Apple. Uh, he's in Great Britain. So, Luca, thank you for that. I've also got this. <laughs> this one's quite funny. This is from Alan Nipomo, and he is in California. Golf betting. Golf podcast is totally tubular. I can't even read it. Golf podcast is a totally tubular dudes. Five stars. Love listening to these three dudes. They cover the tournaments that matter each week, including the Euro event. Uh, they are all very knowledgeable and have helped me become a better golf DFS player and help make a golf fan out of me, which I thought was impossible. Keep up the good work, my dudes, and I will be on, I will be on the listening end every week as I have since I came across your pod two years ago. Peace out, my British homies. That's fantastic, you get, you Alan. Need, you need to get down with the uh, the lingo, Steve, don't you? What's a homie? <laughs> is, that like the little, is that like the littlest hobo? <laughs> it's a term of endearment, Steve. I don't oh, think I've good. ever heard you feel uh, sound so uncomfortable reading words. <laughs> It's a good review. Thank you. Yeah, they're lovely. Thank, thanks, guys. Thanks for taking the time to uh, to, to make those uh, to put those reviews in. Much appreciated. We love we love the reviews. It helps. It it just generally helps our visibility on iTunes. So the better reviews they get, the the more volume of reviews we get, the more that iTunes will list us in higher positions within their ratings. So it just helps to grow the listenership. So thank you for your time there. Um, as I said, if you write a review this week, I will read it out next week's show. Right. There's one question from last week's golf that is just burning a uh, hole in the back of my head. It's how do you pronounce Christian Bezainduho? 
Paul. Say that again. Biswadenhoot. Or, or something, something very similar to that is um, they, they, uh, they do tend to masquerade on the uh, commentary as well, don't they? But yeah, as I understand it, it's Christian Bazudenhout. Is it so? It's not a silent <laughs> T. It's not a silent <laughs> T at the end, no. It might be, yeah. Christian Bez, let's call him that. No, what, what performance from him, eh? Brilliant. I, stuff. I struggle with Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama, Xander Shafeli. And Brooks Kepka, as you know. So Christian Buzendu is is way out of my comfort zone. Buzendu, that's, that's 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 close enough. That's close enough. Is it not an odd performance because he you know, absolutely smashed it, didn't he? But um, it, just a short game masterclass in the end. Um, to take, I think it was was it ninety five putts? I think it was for the whole week. It was incredible. Um, Did he one point one sub one point five? At yeah, 1.44, he putted at his actual raw putting average. Yeah, 95 putts, I think that worked out to be. And uh, he topped the uh, topped the uh, field for scrambling as well. Um, short game was absolutely on point. Um, which, you know, you can get around um, Valderrama doing that. But he hit less than 50% of the greens, which, you know, I know the small greens and I know the challenge of Valderrama is, you know, immense from tee to green and around the greens. But... Um, to, to get the job done in that fashion was um, was very very good. But uh, yeah, no fair play to him. He uh, he showed the other guys how to get it done, and uh, in the end, just kind of cantered through to to win by six, didn't he? Really good stuff. With these truly classical golf courses, you see this in on the PGA Tour. In the main, it tends to be a ball striking fest, but you do get the odd year where someone just puts and scrambles there, like a Jason Day type that can hit very few greens, scrambles brilliantly, and makes tons and tons of tons of putts when they're actually on the putting surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you if you're saving par and you 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 know you you're getting maintaining your score because it's not it's not about making copious amounts of birdies on that track. It's about minimising your mistakes and. You know, ten under on that track, particularly when it was playing. You know, when they when they played it uh, the year before, and it was a bit softer, and you know, the likes of Sergio getting to 10, 11, 12 under. You, you, um, you know, that, that's playing slightly different to how Valderrama tends to set up. But when it's firmer, um, when it's tougher, it's you know, to get to that ten under total, you've got to have played some some pretty strong golf, and uh, that's what that's how he did it. He did it all on around the green, so. Uh, he gets himself into the winner's enclosure, and um, and you know so that's a decent scalp to to take, particularly with the, the likes of John Rahm and Sergio Garcia behind him in the, uh, in, the in the leaderboard at the end. That's um, good going from Christian. He'd had some decent. I mean, he wasn't he third at the BMW the week before. Yeah, he was. Yeah, there was again. There was some signs there. He'd finished. Uh, I think it was twenty ninth. He finished at the back end of last year when they played it in that. Uh, that three day or three round um, weather affected event, um, and he started that week with a seventy seven, I think it was, and then uh, then you know, improved to make the cut, and then eventually finished twenty ninth. So there were some signs there if you could dig through. Um, and you, again, finishing third the week before, there were there were a few in that log jam for third. So you could have made the similar case for a number of players, but um, but yes, he was gettable if you'd. Um, Kind of pushed yourself down that route. Um, Eighty to one generally was on uh, on Tuesday when we did the pod last week. So decent enough price and well done. If any of you guys listening picked him up, 
decent scalp. Much as I like the weeks between the US Open and the Open Championship, you do get the feeling that the main focus is trying to find the player that's actually going to win the Open. Mm. And like last week, we had Christian winning in um, the Andalusia Masters at Valderrama. Did you see what I did there? Mm-hmm. And we also had Nate Lashley, of all people, winning on the PGA Tour. But I'm just reading here from my Open Championship um, pre-preview, which is available in the description box, in the uh, pod- in podcast description box. Recent form is key. This is Open Championship recent form. Francesco Molinari, first and a second before he won last year. We had uh, Zach Johnson finishing second at the John Deere Classic, hopping on the fly and then winning uh, the 2015 at St Andrews. There's just a whole list of players like Jordan Spieth. He won at River. Uh, the, he won the Travellers, then won the Open Championship. That, 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 that direct line of absolutely brilliant form leading up between the US Open and the Open is a consistent. It really is recently. Mm. Henrik Stenson did exactly the same. Is there anything from last week? This is a very leading question. Is there anything from last week that we saw at those two tournaments that would suggest we were, we could have been watching an open champion? I mean, of the players who performed well, um, who you think might have a chance at the open, I guess John Rahm's the, the one that sticks out from Valderrama. Yeah. Um, that was a big personal best for him on that track he'd missed the cut the previous time he played so um to have adapted and got his head around it and to finish second yeah distant second but even so second is a big improvement from john um he's, and a, clearly he's, he's a 20 to 1 shot for the yeah, open right now yeah and clearly he's going to ireland this week to uh you know on a new track but to, to an event that he's won before and he's performed well when defending last year um, it could be coming in very confident fashion, I guess. Um, if he wins this week, what price does that become? Yeah, Monday morning. 14s, I guess, 12-14s. Um, yeah, yeah, he's the one that... I mean, of the of the guys that stick out who you think might have a reasonable chance. I mean, there were some other eye-catchers. Alvaro Kiros, again, looked really good. If we can get him on a, on a, on a suitable track, um, Kiros could well win. Um Sooner rather than later, and uh, Minwoo Lu is another one who caught my eye. The uh, the youngster, he's a massive hitter, but he's also putting work very well. But I mean, you wouldn't put either of those guys down as uh, open. potential uh, open champions, um, even if they're. I've, I've not checked to see if they're qualified, but uh, I think that's fairly immaterial. Um, but yes, of the guys at the top end, um, I guess Rahm's the only one, you know, and a very obvious one at that. But so so really what? So yeah, so if we're looking for white hot form, Rahm has got to be on our radar for the Open. Mm. Yeah, the other, the the one from the uh, from the PGA Tour that seems to be finding form is is our friend Patrick Reed. Yeah, he he's available up to eighty to one right now for the Open. Reed, and he's playing again this week. So if he has another strong result this week, I don't think you're going to be seeing a lot of 80 to 1 about him. No, no, no. 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 Strange old event yours last week, wasn't it, with Nate Lashley winning? He was, um, he was not even in the field, was he, until tea time on Wednesday? So um, he was... Well, I, I didn't see him um, quoted with any bookies whatsoever by the, by the time I'd looked, but apparently he was quoted around about 250 to 1 to win from the, the handful, and I mean, probably not even a handful of bookies who had priced him up pre-event. Um, Love, lovely was, uh, story, absolutely. Oh, yeah, his backstory. Story. Well, yeah, 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 not particularly lovely, but yeah, he's it's, it's one, of, one of the backstories that, uh, you know, makes you think and... Um, 
and yeah, clearly he got got so well. He didn't just go over the line, did he? Again, he it's similar to Bozwaden. Now he just smashed it, didn't he? Absolutely smashed it. The one thing I'll say about Lashley when I looked at him yesterday morning, and we've said this many, many times, it doesn't matter how at what level you win, but when they get into winning situations, uh, a lot of these guys. It's a bit like Ted Potter Jr. He, he's an absolute when he when he gets into that position he's he's a clincher isn't he he finishes mm. yeah you actually yeah. look at Nate Lashley I'm looking at his OWGR record right now 2016 he won three times on the South American tour he won he won, he also won on the 2017 on the web.com which they're now calling the um, KFC tour isn't it or something the corn <laughs> I don't know, corn feed tour or whatever and so this is it. What he fa- once he found himself in the lead, he was it was just it was pretty cold, wasn't it? The way that he just dealt with it. Yeah. There was no we- very little weakness whatsoever. No, some guys crumble, don't they? But uh, there was no no. There was not even a hint of grumbling there, was there? So. It wasn't. It was just cold, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. With Bezwaden, how he after making a couple of early birdies, he did um, he did wobble quite considerably on the front nine, but then then pulled it back. Whereas Lashley was just. Rock solid, wasn't he? Absolutely. Good, good on him. Yes. No. As you say, with the with the backstory and the tragedy that he's uh, he's had in his life prior to that, it was um, it's nice to see him uh, get over the line and secure himself a couple of years of card for for the uh, for the forthcoming couple of seasons. Barry, did you watch any golf this weekend? Anything to add? <clears throat> I've just got to watch the PGA Tour on uh, Sunday night. Uh, yeah, Lashley was very impressive. Just it, just it, just was in the slot with the swing. Um, Doc, Doc Redman was also very good. I mean, they're two guys that got in last minute into the event, and mm. it just shows how deep the talent pool is. And um, and I think one thing I know, you know, one thing that kind of occurred to me was just uh, going to a golf course that isn't on the rota, kind of levels the playing field. Yeah. Um, kind of take yeah it takes away that advantage uh, the guys who have experience playing that course have so it's um, yeah it's it's interesting to see new courses so um, you know maybe something similar might happen this week on you know on both on both tours uh, the the two courses are not ones that we see um, at the highest level you know I think the three M is on the Champions Tour um, and Lynch yeah. we'd only have kind of uh, amateur events um, there as references so kind of hard to extrapolate any information from that so it kind of levels it out and uh, you know find the guys who who are hot and you think might match up with the courses you know to, to the best of our kind of uh, as I suppose it's an educated best guess so yeah that's that's I didn't really get to see Valderrama I don't, it's kind of it's one that's uh, interesting because of its history but never really um, grabs me as a golf course to watch because it's just a it's just slot you know slotting shots between trees yeah, each to their own, I guess. And you know, I, I just I saw it described as boring on Twitter by by some, but um, yeah, each to their own, I guess. Um, you know, it's, it's a decent test, and it's nice to see the uh, the players being uh, being challenged in a, in in that kind of way. But um, but yeah, onto your point about there being two new tracks, it does level the field. I think you're right. It's um, you know, you, you can look at some of these. Um, events where there's no course history or very little course history, and the guys at the top of the market make very little appeal because there's so many unknowns. It's um, yeah a, a challenge to try and pick the bones out of it, but equally uh, it can throw up some uh, some surprise winners every now and again. I agree with that. 
I just think if you looked at it last week over in the States, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, the, the player that I fancied out of the elite guys was Matsuama. And Matsuama was there or thereabouts the whole way through. I just mm. think he's got a bit of an issue with closing. He, he, he seems to get close to the lead and then all of a sudden he'll start... I mean, last week he played two sets of nines. I think it was the first set of nines on the Saturday and then the final set of nines on the Sunday. Didn't make a bogey, didn't make a birdie. 18 mm. holes, par golf. It's just You just think there's something quite not quite right there with Hideki right now. I think yeah. it's just motivation in the main. A lot of these elite guys, I mean, Dustin Johnson just didn't want to be there, did he? Just wanted to miss the cut and disappear. There, I think there's also issues in the Johnson camp as well. You know, the fact that he's now not, he's not being, um, he's not actually visiting, um, uh, it, what's Harmon's son? Claude Harmon. He's not, he's not um, taking his tutorship anymore. No. And you, you read a few things that are going on in the, in the DJ camp. He, he, mm. It seems a bit unhappy. Right? Just talking about Doc Redman, by the way. 2017 US Amateur Champion. He finished 62nd out of 64 in the stroke play and then, and then won the uh, match play element. So he's clearly got some heritage there. He's got some talent. And this is it. The, the talent pool in the States is just amazing. He's been playing his golf this year on the Canadian Tour. He's finished second in, on the Canadian Tour at the start of June. 40th, 34th. And then he goes to the Rocket Mortgage Classic and finishes second on the main PGA Tour. Yeah, Amazing stuff. Well, was well, not going to be playing the Canadian Tour for long if he keeps doing that, is he? So, um, in fact, that's, that's that finishes alone is going to be close enough to getting him his car. He actually, no, he's earned his special temporary membership for this year. So right. already, what, yeah, with that, with yeah, that yeah. second place. Yeah. So he gets his. I had a few other uh, results, I think, earlier. So he that's what they were saying on the broadcast. So he gets starts now until the end of this season. Yeah, and he'll have status for next as well. Status mm. to actually start the tour, so he'll, mm. he'll be starting at the Greenbrier Classic in or late August, I think it is. So yeah, that's good. That's good to know. He's a, he's a definite talent, Redmond. Right, I think we should start with the Irish Open this week because it is clearly the bigger of the two tournaments. Before I move on to or introducing Paul to start his coverage of it. As we've been doing recently on the podcast, I just highlight a bookmaker or two that might take your interest. Um, in terms of price this week, and this again becomes completely clear, it became clear on the um, on the golf betting show that I've just recorded, where I'm just counting them up. Four of the top ten in the uh, in the oh sorry, five of the top ten in the predictor are best price with Betfred. And I know that most of Paul's tips, there you go, three, mm. three of your tips this week are all with Betfred. So yeah. again, they're very, very aggressive on odds, and we've been mentioning this the last couple of uh, couple of weeks. Um, you literally, we sit there on a on a Monday afternoon pressing F five until Betfred come out, don't we? Because we just you can't guarantee <laughs> you got the best price until they actually release their release their markets. No. No, and they do tend to be later in the day, but then um, it can can often pay to to just hold back and wait for them because yeah, the, the the place terms tend to be competitive and the pricing um, is is towards the very top. And as you say, this week, you know, on average, it probably is the top. So good aggressive position from Betfred at the moment. 
If you find your way to the Golf Betting System website via the podcast description box, you can sign up to Betfred as a new customer. You will get a bet 10, get £30 in free bets, plus 30 free spins via Golf Betting System. Those 30 free spins aren't available if you go direct. The other bookmaker, uh, I also, also should say, of course, key terms are available on the website. The other bookmaker that really have pushed the boat out this week are Boyle Sports. Ten places each way for the Irish Open. That is mm. a fantastic offering. Yeah, good stuff. They went quite early with their market as well. So uh, Did they go on sh- they go on Friday, did they? Or Saturday? Um, was it? I, saw, I certainly saw it over the weekend. So, yeah, there was a few shooties picking up some very early prices. And, uh, yeah, of course, you, you're taking a taking a punt at that point that the, uh, the price isn't going to go significantly longer with another bookie. Um, who may match or get close to the same terms, but um, but yeah, again, nice aggressive stance from Ball Sports and uh, ten each way on the uh, on the Irish Open, and they, well, they, have they gone seven or eight on yours? Is it eight? Uh, oh, you always uh, ask me. You always ask me difficult questions. Uh, <laughs> they are, I, I believe, they are eight places each way yeah. over in the states. So yeah, it's solid. Well, it's not better than solid across the terms. So. Well, the fact of the matter is, they've been going eight places each way on the European Tour and the PGA Tour for the last what five, six weeks, mm. uh, and now they've got eight places in the US and ten in Ireland. I mean, that's just yeah, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, aggressive. Good to see. Right, take us through the Irish Open, Paul. Yeah, the Irish Open. So, and um, we're back into the Rolex series um, of events. Um, Second one, actually the first one we've had for a while because um, the way they've shifted the schedule around with no um, Wentworth at this point in the year. So um, we started the run-up to the Open Championships. You've got this as a Rolex Series event. You've got next week the Scottish Open as another Rolex event and, of course, the Open Championship itself. A few changes this year, though. Um, for the last few years, Rory McIlroy's uh, been supporting, or his foundation's been supporting this event. And that has now finished. They're adopting more of a British Masters style approach to the Irish Open moving forward. So there will be a, a, an annual host who will take it to one of their courses in, in Ireland and uh, they'll play host for that particular year. This year it's Paul McGinley. Actually, it's been quite low key, that whole element of it. You know, If you look at the British Masters, there tends to be quite a fanfare around the guy who's the tournament host. But um, it's uh, it's been, been far more... Low key with McGinley this year, whether that's deliberate or not, I don't quite know. But anyway, um, the net effect of all of it for me is that they've actually reduced the uh, the quality of the field, which is a shame. You know, Rory used to have this pulling power with um, his you know his peers over in the PGA Tour, and used to drag a you know a, a couple of named players across, and um, we've not really got it this week, sadly. I mean, next week you've got the likes of Justin Thomas, Kuchar, Fowler, Kisner. Uh, Henrik Stenson, Jimmy Walker even coming over to play the Scottish Open. But um, but this week we're looking at John Rahm as the headline act, um, generally 8-1. to one. And then you're into what you class as more regular. I know some of these guys are playing over on the PGA Tour now, but more regular Europeans, the likes of Tommy Fleet with 12-1, to one, Matt Wallace 16-1, to one, Shane Lowry 18-1, to one, Louis Oosthuizen 18-1, to one, uh, Till Hatton 28, Willett Kiner. Cabrera, Bella, Graham McDowell, 33s. That kind of um, strength field. So um, solid without being spectacular, I guess, would be my summary of where we are with it, which um, given the um, the course itself and from the pictures I've seen, and I know you haven't had a chance to play it yet, Barry, but um, I guess 
um, it will form or be classed as one of the more stunning tracks there are in Ireland. And I know there are plenty of decent uh, coastline tracks out there. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, the difficult thing is doing rankings of what course is uh, more beautiful than the next or views are more beautiful. <laughs> it's just, uh, you just can't do it because they each have their own amazing things going on. Um, it certainly is, uh, I mean, it's it's a phenomenal location. You have the town wrapping around the golf course, wrapping around the town, and it's, um, you, you'll kind of, I guess you'll see a lot of uh, talk about this similar kind of vibe to St. Andrews and the way the town, the golf course are so closely integrated mm. um yeah the, the photos and videos i've seen this week um so far the, the course looks in absolutely phenomenal condition yeah. um so yeah it'd be interesting to see how they let it develop during the week um just just a note like there's been plenty of press here um locally i suppose about mcginley hosting the irish open and you know i i, I suppose while while it was a shame to that rory has kind of stepped taken a step back from it it can't be forgotten that he stepped in when the Irish Open was um, was struggling big time for a sponsor and you know was losing its kind of prestige and he brought it right back up to one of the premier events on the uh, the European tour so um, yeah I, I guess the only thing that really kind of if, if the Irish Open was in the same place as the Scottish Open on the calendar you'd have a, a much stronger field yeah. it's, it's I think it's just because it's that Two weeks before the Open yeah. Championship, you have the Scottish Open next week. Um, I'd say you'll see quite uh, the field next week will be quite strong. Mm. Um, it's just interesting. I thought you'd have. I thought we'd have seen a few more big names come over, play this week, take next week off, and then go into the Open Championship. But uh, just it's not the case. So um, it is what it is, and you know it's it's another year with another. Um, just amazing advertisement for golf in Ireland and um, I think this link swing is just getting more and more kind of traction and um, fans as well um, so it'll yeah it'll go out well and hopefully show very well in the States I think the weather looks like it's going to be half decent as well we might get a little bit of sunshine dropping down on the course uh, yeah it's, <laughs> yeah. it's that, that's, that's unusual for that part of Ireland surely Barry um, no, well, it's it's funny down there. You can get like the most phenomenal days, or you could have like localized thunderstorms while the rest right. of the country is basking in sunshine. It's just the way the West Coast is. You know, the um, you're at the mercy of three thousand miles of Atlantic Ocean and say yeah. um, la vie. So yeah, um, look, it's I think it's going to be um, it'll be great to watch, and it's just one of my favorite parts of the year. This like this link swing, you just get to see the. The kind of golf courses that are just so much fun to play and and there's so much interest um in their design and and especially t- just to watch how the pros take on these golf courses it's just so different from how us uh, regular mortals can can approach mm. them yeah no very much looking forward to it as you say it does look absolutely stunning and that correlation with um st andrews is been drawn i mean they, they, they it's classed as the uh, st andrews of ireland isn't it so um it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch how it plays out um it's also part of the open challenge open championship qualifying series this week so again the top three finishing in the top 10 who aren't already open championship qualified will find their way through and um, there's also another intricacy to consider with a few of the players um in that you've got final qualifying being played today on tuesday um, 
at four venues across the UK um, and you've got a few players involved who are in the field so potentially they'll come and play 36 holes today and then get themselves straight over to the west coast of Ireland to play um, on Thursday morning. Uh, Julian Suri, Horsfield, um, Matt Southgate, uh, Andrew Johnson Beef are some of the more notable players who are involved today um, and then will be shooting over to Ireland for their uh, for the start of the for the start of the Irish Open. So um worth considering if you fancy any of those guys, whether that's a negative or a positive, um it remains to be seen, I guess. Um again, I'm just going into the, the course a little bit more detail, it is a new track, um for all intents and purposes. They've played some uh, amateur stuff, some boys stuff on it over the years, but um, in terms of professional golf, it's going to be making its bow this week. It's a proper seaside links, an old Tom Morris design of back from the end of the uh, 19th century. And Alistair McKenzie of uh, Augusta National fame has uh, had a hand in some of the tweaks and changes over the years, but for all intents and purposes, it's um, it's you know it's pretty and uh, been pretty much left alone. It's the uh, it's just a proper standard seaside links as you'd expect to see with undulating fairways sand dunes blind shots penal pot bunkers you know the the kind of links fair that you'd expect to see i guess uh, 7036 yards past 70 places are 72 for the members um, and on the front nine they have changed the second and the fourth from par fives to long par fours for the for the pros so that will keep the par or the scoring down a little bit but again with any of these tracks wind is the main defense and um with high pressure building over the the british isles full stop over this week it looks like it's going to be as barry said pretty set fair um temperatures up to the mid 60s sunny for the most part and um I don't, you know, I'm looking at wind forecasts between five and maybe up to 12, 15 miles an hour at the very windiest parts of some days. But on a Lynx track that's built for wind, and that isn't really going to trouble the uh, trouble the pros this week, I don't think. So it should be there um, for some decent scoring, I'd, I'd have said, um, even though the par's been reduced down to a 70 for this. Um, I guess without any course history to really dig into you are you know a little bit blind as to how to approach this historically um on karma irish opens then greens and regulation has tended to be the key stats when it gets gnarly on any of these um opens or irish opens or scottish opens then how players perform on and around the greens and scrambling tends to come to the fore but it doesn't really look like it's going to be that kind of event this week it looks more like it's going to be a case of who can uh, who can find the greens of regulation? Who can make the putts? So, um, I think that's going to be more of a key this week. So getting players for me who have been um, playing particularly well with their irons has got to be got to be a key stat. Um, a little bit of recent form, looking at recent Irish Open history, um, would suggest that that's a positive. As is a little bit of Irish Open form as well, or form on the Open Championship or Scottish Open or some of the other linksy style tracks that. Um, that appear on the European short tour schedule in particular, and um, that would be the kind of angle. But yeah, it's uh, we are we are going to be guessing to a certain degree as to what um, as to what is going to happen this week and how it's all going to pan out. Um, for me, I've gone for four players uh, in the outright market and one first round leader. And you could make a case for John Rahm quite readily, couldn't you? Given his form in Ireland, um, given how he played last week. 
Um, his form in Ireland is first and fourth from the two times that he's played. Um, he was third at Pebble Beach. He was second last week in Valderrama and clearly rounding into some form as you touched on at the start, Steve. Um, eight to one, though. Eight to one for a player going to a new track and potentially honing his game for the Open. Um, yeah, John could win. Of course he could win. And um, I'm sure some, he'll have his backers out there. I can't. I can't back him at that price. I think there's more value to be going for an each-way shot a little bit further down the field. Um, of the top players, Matt Wallace was probably the closest that I came to backing. Um, I've just got this nagging doubt with Matt that he's putting a little bit too much pressure on himself. And we've seen that spill over um, a couple of times in recent uh, events as well. You know, And he's clearly very close. He's clearly playing some great golf. He's come close to winning a couple of times on the European Tour recently. He had a great finish at the... Uh, uh, Beth Page back wasn't it where he finished third I think it was in the end so he's clearly stepping up to the mark and um, in a great place with his game but I think mentally he puts so much pressure he's such an intense character isn't he he puts so much pressure on himself I just wonder if that's going to hold him back a little bit we shall see but yeah he should Yeah, in terms of Linksy form he, he should have won a hillside um, at uh, Tommy Fleetwood's uh, event a few weeks back so you know, you could correlate that to this quite nicely. Um, for me, I'm starting my team with Eric Van Royen. And we talked about EVR on a pod a week or so ago because he's been playing some nice stuff. And he hasn't won yet. And I think, you know, if there's a if there's a player who's knocking on the door, really knocking loudly on the door to win a European Tour event, it's Eric Van Royen. Um, he's one of the Sunshine Tour, he's one of the Challenge Tour, so he clearly can get over the line. He's up to the um, top 100, he's up to 86th, in fact, in the in the world rankings without having had a win. And that's a testament to how well he's played over the last 18 months or so. Um, it just hasn't managed to get over the line yet, it just hasn't all fallen for him, but I think that's coming sooner rather than later. Now, runner-up finishes in Qatar and Morocco, 8th at Bethpage Black. Um, we remember him from Carnoustie last year, where he was um, he was really prominent for for most of the event. Actually, second after the first day, sixth after the second day, and you know gradually drifted away as his push came to shove on the Sunday. But uh, was still in a you know, still in a decent spot and a good good finish for him. Actually, the Irish Open last year, he led this event by four going into the Sunday, um, and should have won this um, and uh, limped home with around a seventy four. Um, in the end, but I think he's you know a, a year further down the line. He's um, going to taken a lot of the experience that he's had and a lot of the, the playing at higher levels that he's achieved and uh, experienced over the last twelve months. And that win has got to come soon. His ball striking of late has been really really strong. So um, yeah, Eric Van Royen I think has got a great chance of winning this week. Um, backing that up, Jorge Campillo, who. Finally got over the line in Morocco a few weeks back. And again, you know, similar to EVR, I guess. He's one of those players that you look at and thought, well, you know, when he wins, it's not going to be a shock to anyone that he's, he's got himself over the line. He'd finished runner-up in Oman and Qatar, which have both got linksy characteristics uh, to them. Third in India. Um, he was third the week after he won in China. And again, the kid had gone back-to-back back quite readily. Um, and then missed a cut a couple of times afterwards. You, you know, sometimes it happens or happens quite regularly, doesn't it? Once the adrenaline dies down a little bit, these guys um, take the foot off the pedal a little bit and a uh, couple of missed cuts. But 15th last week after a slow start in Valderrama suggested to me that he's perhaps um, starting to motor back through. And, um, you know, while, while his game's in a decent 
position, why shouldn't he go and, and, and build on that win in Morocco? You know, it took him 250 starts to get that win, but uh, now he's broken through. I think that we could well see that um, he'll make, make a step forward with that. Um, Irish Open form, he finished third last year. That was his best attempt from seven, but he'd been progressing nicely in his finishes in Ireland. And he's got further form of the likes of Oman, France, Holland, even from last year. Kind of player that can maintain a bit of form as he um, as, as he continues to uh, to work his way through the season. A couple more at longer prices. Uh, Matt Southgate, 125 to one. Absolute links. Love a Matt Southgate. Missed the last couple of cuts, but prior to that, he was sixth and ninth, uh, fourth and second in the Irish Open 2016 and 17, sixth and twelfth in the Open Championship. Um, over the over the years, now he's one of the guys who is at um, Open Championship final qualifier today. He's at Prince's today, um, but he's done this before. He qualified at Royal Saint Court, I think it was, um, uh, back in 2017. He won by three shots that week, then went off to the Irish Open, and um, he was second to John Rahm in 2017. Um, so clearly, he's done it before. I think when Southgate gets into that kind of linksy mindset and he's playing good golf, he's he's pretty formidable. And one hundred twenty-five to one, I think, factors into the into the point that he's you know it's not going to be straightforward for him in terms of a, a journey and um, you know playing a lot of golf in the space of a few days. But um, I, I'm happy to take a chance at that price. And finally, Matthew Pavon, the uh, Frenchman, um, and again he's got some uh, some decent links for. Him. Best finish a third at Dundonald Links in 2017. That's, that ranks as his best European Tour effort. Best finish in this, or in fact, best finish, best finish of last year in 2018 full stop was 10th here at the Irish Open. He led it halfway. Um, he's got far better incoming form this year coming into it. He's been in sixth spot heading into Sunday in each of his last two events. Driving accuracy last week was good. Scrambling the week before was good. And I thought at 200 to 1, he was worth a poke. At finally, a first round leader pun. And I was trying to build Bradley Dredge into my plan in some shape or form. But you look at his headline form and actually his, his actual finishes of, of late have been particularly poor. But he's got a great record in Ireland. A couple of runner-up finishes, four top tens. Um and even though his headline form over the last few weeks has been particularly poor, he has been sitting in third and seventh place after the first round and in two of his most recent seven events. He's the kind of player that pops up pretty much um, once a season, every season with a first round leader finish. And it's always a, a, a ridiculously uh, long price. And each time it happens, you think, well, bloody Brad, Bradley Dredge, first round leader again. And you could almost back him blind, I think, in first-round leader markets. And you, I expect you'd find over the course of each season, you'll pay back and produce a profit. Um, and for me, this could well be the week that he does that again. So I've taken 125-1 to 1 with Boyle's eight places in their first-round leader market this week. He's available slightly longer with some others with fewer places. But um, you do tend to get a lot of um, ties in first-round leader markets as well. So I felt that taking with slightly more places was probably the way to play that this week. Another, yeah, but that's my another another positive with uh, Boyle Sports. Their first round leader edition mm. places every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, there's some, some some good reasons to be using them for for your golf bets at the moment. Good stuff. But yeah, that's that's my card for the week. So uh, we'll see how that fares. Who are you on, Baron? Um, I've I've gone from Martin Keimer. Yeah, he's been playing some good stuff, hasn't he, Keimer? Yeah, and. I'd like to have 
obviously, you know, with the chat with the course being in Ireland, I'd like to have played it before. But you know, a couple of a couple of little areas I've read about. Um, you know, some you know, just talking to people who have played it and reading one of the greenkeepers saying that it's the kind of golf course you can you can take putter from off the green. That kind of mm-hmm. just um, instantly makes me think back to Pinehurst, uh, number two, when that was uh, his MO for the week. And, yeah. you know, he, he's had that, like... It's coming, isn't a, it? It's coming. He got himself in a great position at um, Memorial, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before uh, Cantley swooped in and won it for us, which is nice. Um, unfortunate for Keimer, but he didn't. I don't think he, you could classify that as him falling apart. He had a couple of bogeys at a yeah at a time that was not ideal, but I think even if he didn't have those bogeys, Cantley went and won that rather than Keimer um, yeah. handed yeah. it to him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to take you know feel particularly awful about that. Um, you know he's he's got that form. Um, he's had some good results at the Alfred Dunhill Links. Um, the you know Links courses in the British um, the British Masters. So there was enough there for me to um, yeah to take a punt on him, dodge the guys at the very top of the market, and have a go at Martin. We discussed yeah. him a couple of weeks ago in Germany, didn't we? And I put him up at sixteens, and I, was he? Was he thirty-six hole leader? He was, he was certainly in the final group Saturday, and then it all fell away. But it's yeah. cu- it's coming with him. It's not a million miles away. He's got he's got a perfect game for links golf as well as we know. But the shot shape that he's got. So um, yeah, I, I I can see the logic with him. I, I can see the logic. He's um, yeah, if he can pull that Sunday round together. But as you say, I don't I don't think he threw it away against Candlay. It wasn't a you know it wasn't a repeat from his um, Abu Dhabi. Disaster a few years back. Um, can't they went and won that? So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think you'll be too mentally scarred from that uh, episode. I'm going for another 33 to one shot. Irish Open form: tenth, twenty thirteen; third, twenty fourteen; sixth, twenty fifteen; sixth, twenty eighteen; second and fifth at the Dunhill Links, twenty ten, twenty twelve; sixth at the Open Championship, twenty fifteen; eighth in Canada, twelfth at the U.S. Open. Danny Willett. And it's interesting. He's, it's interesting with Willett. You look at how he wins. He's got six uh, classified. Well, he's he's won the Masters clearly, but he's got five other European Tour victories: eighteen under, seventeen under, nineteen under, eighteen under. So when the birdies are available, he tends to uh, he tends to levitate to the top of the leaderboard. So yeah, I th- I, th- I think Danny Willett. He's playing some nice stuff at the moment. Yeah, this is again is another one that you can't. I don't. You can draw a firm line through him because he he's certainly stepped up his game. Clearly, got that win at the back end of last year at the yeah. um, the Earth Course, and um, as you say, the last few weeks he's been strong as well. Record in Ireland's good. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure you can put a negative against it to be honest. And there's, you know, if you if you fancy him at that price, then um, I don't think I'd put put you off to be honest. I personally would take. Danny Willett at 33s rather than Rafa Cabrera Bayo at 28s. Because mm. actually, yeah, Willett, Willett, Willett converts where RCB does very irregularly. Yeah, yeah. I, again, he's got a decent um, a decent record in Ireland, Bello, but uh, and Scotland as well. It's uh, there's a few around that kind of price break. You know, again, Till Hatton's another one yeah. with decent uh, 
decent links pedigree. Got a couple of uh, Alfred Donnell links rec- uh, wins to his name and very nearly it, made it a three-peat, didn't he? So. It is a juicy segment, isn't it? Hatton, mm. Cabreo, Bayo, Willett, Keimer, G-Mac, who's playing good golf, Poulter yeah. and Eric Van Ruen, all in that 28-35 yeah. to 35 spot. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those is um, lifting the uh, the trophy on Sunday afternoon. No, no. I mean, the other one that I really tinkered with was Eddie Pepperell, who, um, again, has been playing some good stuff. The only yeah. slight down with him is that he's that deliberately taken... Yeah, he's deliberately taken the last six weeks off to let his back heal, and it will be his first outing since then. But, um, you know... I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there. If he is up there, then perhaps as an in-play bet. Um, but yeah, pre-event, there's a bit too much of a risk there for you know around about the forties one mark. But could um, be could be one for next week at the Renaissance Club, Eddie Petrel, yeah. up yeah, in up in North Berwick. Yeah, see how he gets on this week. Right, thank I you. I have, for that. I do just just for fun. Uh, I do have one. I don't even know how to describe this. A mega bomb. Oh, go on, right. We like those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, it's 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 really all about taking the ten places with boils. Um, it's Kim Koivu who came off the Challenge Tour in 2017, mm. and he's had a couple. He's 16th in the uh, in Germany there a couple of weeks ago. Not so great last week, but made the cut. Um, I don't think that style. Of, let's just let's just assume that style of uh, course being Valderrama didn't suit him too well. Um, but you know he's. When he's won, he's won at low totals, uh, 22 under, 21 under, and 16 under. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of, it's it's a total Hail Mary, um, but 500 to 1, if he can just sneak into that top 10, um, ka-ching. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he is highly rated. I know a few guys who follow the uh, challenge tour quite uh, intently and um, they do rate him highly so be interested to see how he goes and as you say in Germany he did play well um, 16th was a decent enough effort from from Kim interesting to see how he plays the 3M Open on the PGA Tour this week a new tournament we're dealing with TPC Twin Cities which is in Blaine Minnesota so north northern suburbs uh, suburbs of Minneapolis. It's an Arnold Palmer design originally, with a Tim Heron and Tom Lehman PGA Tour inspired renovation last fall. Um, it's playing as a par seventy one this week. It's long, seven thousand four hundred and sixty eight yards, which is the same length as Beth Page Black as a par seventy one. Um, but I guarantee you this is going to be another birdie fest because um, when they used to play this on the Champions Tour, it, this was the 3M Championship that there's a lot of history around. Uh, they've added length to the course, yes, but winning totals here have been 18 under, 19 under, uh, 21 under and 25 under over the last four renewals of this. And, and there was three round um, yeah, events they, as well. They were, they were 54 hole events. Mm. When you actually physically look at the golf course, it reminds me, I think this sounds crazy, it reminds me of a Florida test. There's 14 holes with water that are either on the, you know, surrounding the fairways, making the drive uh, difficult, or surrounding the, the physical green complex. And that yeah. is a very Florida golf kind of field for it. Um, 
but yes, it's you know it's a modern style golf course, and basically it's part of the TPC network. And we know with the TPC network owned by the PGA Tour, basically you know they're courses that are built and pulled together for amateurs to play on a week by week, day by day basis. You know to play golf tournaments on on courses that the pros play. So they're not set up overly onerous. And anything I've read about this course from Tom Lehman says, yes, we've added length, but if a player's hitting some fairways, when they're bombing it 350, 360, he said, you know, there's going to be birdies to be had. Yeah. It's also at 900 feet above sea level. So I, you and I have equated it, Paul, to about 3 3.5% shorter in terms of ex- additional ball flight. Yeah, potentially. I think it's as you as you do get the elevation, it does uh, does impact it. So it's not going to be massive, but yeah, I think uh, you're right. I, I think in that kind of three percent bracket, in terms of the altitude, will will shorten the course a little bit further. So yeah, didn't we equate it to? I'm ba- I'm doing the maths here on the fly. Uh, it would come out at about seven two fifty as a par yeah, seventy one. In that bracket, yeah, in that bracket, they're going to take it apart. <laughs> that's just that's just the way you can guarantee the PGA Tour have been out with the hoses they've been out watering the greens they've been telling the uh, the course superintendent to get that rough down to two inches like we saw last week mm. it's just going to be taken apart the field now don't forget this is the green bar this is the old green briar classic spot in the schedule so two weeks before the open but the sponsorship from 3M is clearly quite um, tangible because we've got the likes of Kepka Day, who I know you're very sweet on at the moment, Paul, but 11-1. to 1. Uh, Matsuyama, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau. It's a good field. I know Finau is going to be popular because at 33-1, to 1, a lot of people are equating this. It's going to be a bomber's course. I can see that as well. Um, he is being backed in as we speak. So I think Tony Finau is going to be a popular one. But if you go back to what Barry said towards the top of the show, with these new courses, it does leave a lot uh, of unfathomables out there, a lot of um, a lot of unknowns. And especially at Birdie Fest, that tends to level the field a hell of a lot. Um I've kind of taken that on board, but I've got a real gut feel that Bryson DeChambeau is going to win this week. And I'll tell you why. Um, I just think that he's had a disappointing 2019 from after the, the very strong start he had winning the Dubai Desert Classic. And I just think that he's the kind of guy that will want to be peaking for the Open. I also mm. think he's the guy that starts to play very well at this time of year. And if you actually look at DeChambeau's record in the Midwest, it is pretty strong. He won um, He won the Erin Hills Collegiate as an amateur back in 2014, which clearly then hosted the US Open in 2017 that Brooks Kepka won. Mm. He won the US Amateur at Olympia Fields in Chicago, Illinois. In 2015. 2016, he won his first professional championship at the DAP uh, DAP Championship, which was in Breachwood, Ohio, at Canterbury Golf Club. So at the moment, we've got Wisconsin, we've got Illinois, we've got Ohio. He then went and won the uh, 
De- uh, the John Deere Classic, his first ever PGA Tour victory in 2017. That's in Illinois. And he also won, of course, the Memorial last year, 2018, at, in Ohio. So he just, he's just he got a real like for this liking for this area. Um, eighth last time at the Travellers. Uh, he was fourth. He's fourth for total driving so far this season. Um, he was fourth for ball striking at the Travellers, and that is his bread and butter. So I think of the top guys, I am denied with Jason Day, who top GIR a few weeks ago at the Travellers, and that that we discussed, Paul, that that relationship with Steve Williams, I think, is going to definitely bear fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, whether it maybe a bigger event. Yeah. It may be a bigger event. I think Deshambo, though, don't forget as well. He's got a decent record at altitude. I'm, I'm not saying this is at altitude, but there's definitely some thin air involved. He, of course, won TPC Summerlin at the end of last year out in the desert in Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. he won that 22 under. So actually, if you look at him on resort score courses and you look at the way that he wins, he's won, you know, the John Deere Classic is a proper drag race, isn't it? He won that at 18 under. He won the Northern Trust at 18 under at the end of last year. He also won the Shriners Open at 21 under. So actually, when the birdies are flying, and if you if this is a golf course where long straight hitting is going to be a real advantage, I think DeChambeau is uh, the guy for me. I managed to get 16 to 1, seven places each way with Coral, which was an absolute bonus. I love the seven places each way on DeChambeau this week. Um, two more. Desert Rat, guy that plays well on bent grass greens. His three PJ Tour victories have come on bent grass. He's playing some superb golf. One at Colonial, sixth in career last time out. Um, when it comes to birdie fests, Desert Golf plays fantastic stuff. Kevin Nahr. I've gone 40 to 1, seven places each way with, uh, with Cora on Kevin Nahr. You look at Kenny Perry, who's won three times around here. He's won at Scottsdale, he's won at Bay Hill, he's won at Colonial, he's won at Muirfield Village. He's also won the Travellers at River Highlands. Um, he's also a TPC Deer Run winner, the John Deere Classic, as we mentioned with DeChambeau. Um, oh, the other thing about DeChambeau, by the way, I noticed a couple of, um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, it was the year that Joe Durant won here in 2018. One Miguel Angel Jimenez won, uh, was in a playoff with him. Yeah, and if you look at Jimenez, his record at the Dubai Desert Classic is rather tasty. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, and Deshambo won on tournament debut at the Dubai Desert Classic in January. Mm-hmm. That's another yeah. thing that just sort of bashed me over the front of the the frontal lobe on my um on my head this week. Uh, Kevin Nart, yes, you just look at his footprint. Colonial, Muirfield Village. He's been second there. He's been second at Bay Hill. All of those courses, he's he's got very very strong records at. And if Nas got any inkling of making that Tiger Woods President's Cup team, he could do with another victory. And um, I just think the pure bent grass greens. It's only the third tournament this year they've played pure bent grass. One was the mm. Masters, two was Colonial, and this is the third. I think Kevin Nas comes to the fore on bent grass, so I think he'll go well. My third one at a price, just been playing some very nice stuff. He kind of falls in the Danny Lee mode, who won in this spot on the schedule a few years ago. Um, we've also had the likes of um, Kevin Nahr won in this spot last year at 60 to 1, I think he was, or 45 to 1. Um, a bit bigger price, I just think Mackenzie Hughes. 
He's been starting really quick, hasn't he, Hughes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know I'm you don't. I don't. I know. Leader. I know you hate him because he he stitched you up first round leader in Canada, <laughs> so you've got no interest in him. So that's probably another re- good reason to get involved, actually. But Hughes, I just think he's playing the kind of golf eighth at Colonial a few weeks ago, the kind of golf where if he actually just actually does win, everyone goes, oh, at Mackenzie Hughes, he was a bit. He was he was one that I should have got hold of. Mm. Plays well on birdie fests. Uh, he won at Sea Island the RS 2016 RSM Classic at 17, 18 under. He's he just playing well at the moment. I could see Hughes popping up and contending this week. So I've got him a 125 to 1 with Betfair. So those are my three. I'm, I'm just, yeah. If you can get out of these events with a covering the week, I think it's not a bad, a bad situation. So only three for me this week and uh, reduced reduce stakes because really I don't think anyone knows who's going to win this one yeah it's a bit of an unknown really isn't it a bit of an unknown any you fancy Barry um, I do like Jonas Blixt um, yeah. yeah 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 he's disappointed he, he, he's there or thereabouts Blixt isn't he yeah and then like he had a fifth there a few events back and yeah. He's getting himself. I, I mean, I'm just gonna say he's a, he's getting himself accustomed to being back up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we'll have taken a bit of confidence from last week, and yeah, you never know. Um, His win in 2014, I think it was, came on exactly this this slot two weeks before the Open. Mm. Here you go, bio rhythm. Yep, I, I knew that, of course. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But uh, I was able to pick him up at uh, 150 to one, seven places. So I, 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 there were two at that range that I liked. Yeah, one was Jonas Blix. The other one, who is a real grip it, rip it kind of merchant, who has got a red hot putter, is Wyndham Clark. Yeah, I noticed he was fifty to one about Clark. It was it was high up on the uh, predictor as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I can see Clark and Blix having good weeks. Mm. And. Um, the other one who's kind of caught my attention is Sung J.M. I think he's, uh, he's gone seventh week off, 21st, 21st. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's I one can't, of those players, I can't, isn't he? I can't categorise him. He just he seems to play everything well. So yeah. Yeah, that's not a negative. Mm. No, no, no. I think once he breaks through, I think he's going to be a formidable player, isn't he? He's just uh, he's got, got to get his... Head around the uh, the position he's in and the, uh, the the tour that he's playing in, and once once that all kind of slots together, I think he'll be a very very strong player. I've got yeah, a question but... for you two. What do you make of Victor Hovland? Well, he's twenty five to one in places this week. Is that, is that just a hype driving his price down? I, he's clearly a very strong player from tee to green, I and mean, that that's evident from his from his numbers. Um, does that really suit many of these Europe, um, these PGA Tour tracks? Do, do you remember when Neiman went on the that really hot start? That's right. Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah. And and his price just crumbled to mm. around these levels, and yeah. uh, we just kind of you, you have to laugh at. It. And look, if Hovland goes off and wins, unbelievable. And there's no doubting the talent, and it it wouldn't shock me. And again, it's on a course that has kind of leveled the playing field a bit this week, um, yeah. which is kind of one of the reasons why I've taken him. 
Um, and if Hovland goes and does it, nobody's going to bat an eyelid because what he's done the last few weeks has shown that he's a he's a quality golfer. But there's no way in hell I'd be backing him at twenty five to one. Nah, that's too short. Him and Yo, uh, Jeff Feinberg made this point on the Pat Mayo show yesterday. He basically said, "When I'm seeing Tony Fee now longer in price than Yoking Neiman, I'm taking him." Mm. And that's a fair point, isn't it? You've got a guy there that was in the final group at the Masters, major top fives, and he's a longer price than Yoking Neiman. Yeah, I, I see exactly where he's heading with that. Mm. There is, there are, there are a lot of these players. I mean, Matthew Wolf was another, wasn't he? I mean, he's got a lot of hype behind him, and he hasn't, he hasn't hit the ground running. And you've got Wolf out there at eighty to one with Paddy Power. That's so short. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? For what he's done so far, he should be one hundred and fifty, two hundred to one. Yeah. Well, he is with some operators, yeah, but eighty to one with Paddy Power and with Bulls, Bull Sports, and he's up to one hundred and seven. 150 to 1 with others. But yeah. You're getting a lot of these hyped players, aren't you? But as we said earlier, the, the, the strength of depth on these on these young guys now is just incredible. And you, you can expect them to pop at some point. Yep. yep. All capable by the looks of it. Anyone in your... are you? Who are you going with? Any Anyone? Are you going for Jason Duffner or anyone like that this week? <laughs> No, the only one I've backed so far is Cameron Champ, who um, clearly Champs caught them. the eye. Yeah, he clearly caught the eye last week. He's, he's gone right off the boil, hasn't he, after his win at the um, uh, the Sanderson Farms at back end of last year. Um, but yeah, for those two rounds last week, 66-65, and that second round where he opened up and he was um, he was properly on fifty nine watch for a, for a stretch, wasn't he? He was. He was looking particularly strong, nailing everything. Long game looked good, short game looked good, making parts. And that could be just the spark that he needs to get back to uh, to some kind of form. And you know, third game into the weekend last week, lost his way a little bit, but he's, he has been out of out of contention for some time. But you go back to the back end of last year where he was on that run where he finished twenty fifth, won the Science and Farms. 28th, 10th, 6th over, over a five-event stretch. Clearly, he can uh, find and maintain his form. You look at his wins, that Sanson Farm win was at 21 under. The Utah Championship, he won on the web.com in yeah. July last year. Again, by rhythms, potentially. Yeah. That was at 24 under. Yeah. And um, if this does come down to uh, players who can clearly hit it a long way, there's not many who can hit it as far as Cameron Champ. And as you said right at the top, Barry, these new events can be a real leveller in terms of um, no course experience and no course history. And uh, the new players coming onto the circuit or newer players coming to the circuit could have a field day here. And I thought 100 to 1 against a player like Cameron Champ, given you know the conversation you just had about some of these players who are all the rage at the moment are a quarter of the price. Oh, mate, he was, he was at 20 to 1 at the start of this year at some yep. events. Yep. Only Champ, 22 to 1. Wasn't he something ridiculous like 40 to 1 to win the Masters at one point? Yeah, yep. there was some obscenely short price. And, and, you know, quite rightly, his price has drifted seen as he... As soon as his form has dipped, but um, there were just enough sparks last week to, oh, yeah. for me to get involved at 100 to 1. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the only one that I've backed so far, but uh, I might may add some more if I can uh, have a dig into it over the next uh, day or so. Is that us? Is that us finished? All done, Barry, unless you've got any more bombs in the uh, 3M bombs, Barry? 
No, no, one one mega per week is uh, is probably more than <laughs> enough. Um, considering the chances of it being burned money are uh, approaching one hundred percent. You'll probably find the winner this week in the states isn't even in the field yet. Yeah, <laughs> and it probably will be Matt Every, who I believe is one of the the next alternate to get in the field. Yeah, <laughs> who has hasn't got a bad record on Arnold Palmer courses, if you remember. Yeah, if he gets in, have a, have a little dig for first round leader. Yeah, exactly. Right, thank you, chaps. Much appreciated as ever. Yeah, best of luck, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll, good luck, everybody. We'll be, I think we'll be recording our Open Championship preview at the end of next week, if I'm correct. Yeah, getting that's, uh, that's coming around thick and fast. Absolutely. Right, thank you, guys, and uh, thank you to our listeners again. If you uh, if you can spend a few seconds rating and reviewing us for next week, that would be absolutely fantastic. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the golf this week, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye bye.